Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team draft experts and talent scouts mock drafts and a few shock drafts too nfl total access the podcast is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Warm hello, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Got a great show for you today. It's William Bohr. He does a great job of covering the MLB at MLB.com and MLB Pipeline. He's going to be joining me in the second segment. He is based out there in the state of Arizona where we know a lot of these negotiations for relaunching an MLB season have taken center stage with, whether it be the one bubble plan that we had seemingly an eon ago to so much more. So we're going to be talking with him in the second segment about how these negotiations have evolved. And by evolved, I mean have gone absolutely nowhere whatsoever. And the odds that we actually get an MLB season. Also going to be taking a look at just what the lockout has done with regards to how it affects these minor leaguers as well, since MLB Pipeline does a good job of being able to cover all that. In the final segment, going to give you a sighting total on every game on today's KBO betting board and a little something I like to call, touch them all. First things first, though. Always love being able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. If you have something that you'd like me to talk about, whether it be from an MLB standpoint, KBO, some other form baseball league, handicapping, what have you, fired into my timeline at Jaren's41. If you send these via direct message, aka DM, well, the letter ZM to me and me does not matter, but if you send them into the timeline, more than happy to give you guys an answer. Did not get in any questions today, so let's take a look back at the five KBO games that we had from Thursday morning, try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. And boy, did we have ourselves a square dance in the KBO on Thursday as... 
All five games featured a heavy favorite covering and covering easily, winning by four plus runs, and every single game went over. You gotta think that the public is very, very happy about that. And if you take a look at the KBO over the last two days, you've had one game in which the total runs in the game has been eight. Every other game has seen nine plus runs in it. It is absolutely ridiculous. And for the week in general, you've had one game with a combined fewer than eight runs. I mean, we are getting a lot of scoring out there in the KBO. And the team that did the most scoring Thursday morning, that'd be the Doosan Bears. They were able to get a touchdown without the extra point in the third inning. They take down our good friends KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs, by a count of 14-8. to In this one, Jose Miguel Fernandez only went 1 of 5, which is really telling. His batting average is down to a paltry 444 for the year, but how about Jaywon Kim, Juhan Choi, and Jaywon O, all going yard for the Doosan Bears, and all had 4 RBI in the game. Hitters 4, 5, and 6, a combined 12 RBI. That's absolutely ridiculous. And for our good friends, the Smiling Blobs, they wound up getting another RBI out of Mel Rojas. He has really been doing a great job for this team. He's hitting a 419. Four home runs over the team's last four games, and in that stretch, he has a combined 12 RBI. The Smiling Blobs have been missing a couple of players in the lineup. They are expected to get some reinforcements back in the next week, but with that said, where they really need some enforcements is the bullpen, as Min Kim did not give the start that they had planned. He went two and a third inning, so he recorded seven outs, and he gave up eight runs. When you record fewer outs and runs given up, that is called not good. And the bullpen from there, they give up a grand total of six. Count them. Six runs over the course of six and two-thirds innings. So the Smiling Blobs bullpen went up. And for Dusan, they wound up giving up three runs out of the bullpen as well over the course of four innings. Raul Alcantara wants up giving up five runs over the course of five innings. But in this one, the Dusan Bears, well, they had his back. One team that pitched very well, that'd be the NC Dinos. They don't allow a single run to the SK Wyverns, but... They put up a touchdown and a field goal themselves, a win by a count of 10-0, and the reason why the SK Wyverns got pounded the way that they did, over the course of the first six innings of the game, they issued 13 walks, with four of those being via hit-by-pitch. I don't think I've ever seen that before in my life in professional baseball. And for the NC Dinos, what really broke this game open E.G. Yang, he went yard for a four-run home run. And a four-run home run, that, ladies and gentlemen, is called a grand slam as he had himself a day in this one. He was missing a little bit the last couple weeks due to a hamstring injury. He is back, and he has fully loaded four home runs so far this year for him. And for the NC Dinos, how about Drew Rosinski? He wound up giving the team a very good start. Six innings, had eight punch-outs, did not give up a single run. The three walks were a little bit dicey, but he was able to get out of it. And Taehoon Kim, you figured there would be a little bit of regret as he is a lifetime reliever who has been transitioning to a starting role. Actually entered into this one with an ERA just above three, but on this day he got shelled to give it up seven runs over the course of three and a third innings. He gave up four walks and then the bullpen from there, well, they just did not get the job done as the NC Dinos were able to take this one all by themselves. Speaking of teams that were able to hit the over all by themselves, I'd be the LG Twins. They take down the Samsung Lions by a count of 11-0. And this despite the fact that our man Roberto Ramos did not wind up going yard in this one. He did give the team two hits, but what was really getting going for LG, they just had a bunch of guys being able to drive in runs. Four different guys with multiple RBI, including the hit, including the eight-hitter, 
King Nam Woo. He wound up giving the team four RBI. He had a home run and three hits in this one. As Jung Un Beck, oh boy, it did not go well for him. He entered into this game with a 720 ERA. He wound up going four innings, giving up 11 runs, eight of which were earned. So not only did he not pitch well, he didn't get any help. If there is one good sign, he didn't give up a single walk. But when you give up 11 runs, eight of which were earned, you know what? It's not necessarily the best of signs. And what is really surprising about this one is Samsung gives up 11 runs. And the bullpen was actually good in this one. They go four innings. They don't even give up a single hit. I mean, forget giving up runs. They didn't give up a single hit. And yet the overs still hit. And with LG, you have to love what you saw out of Chan Hoon Jung. He winds up going seven innings in this one. 11 strikeouts. Gives up three. That's bullpen from there. They had a very easy job. They were able to give up zero runs over the course of two innings. So a very strange result there. This was not strange. The Anwa Eagles entered into Thursday morning with a 10-game losing streak. Guess what? They've lost again. Kiwum Heroes take this one by a count of 7-3. Eric Jokic continues to be one of the best pitchers out there in the KBO, and he actually had his worst start of the year Thursday morning. He winds up giving up three runs over the course of six and a third innings. He did not issue a single walk, though, so he was able to keep the game out in front of him, but he is now 5-0 and with a 149 ERA. Needless to say, he's doing a very good job so far this year with that regard. And then Minwoo Kim for the Anwa Eagles. He wound up giving up a pair of home runs over the course of six innings, giving up four runs, all of which were earned. And the fielding of Hanwa, it was not necessarily great in this one as the bullpen didn't give up a single earned run, but they gave up three unearned runs for Kiwoom. The big key in this game is the fact that they were able to get two home runs. Kion Chang So at the leadoff spot was able to get a home run. And then Byungwoo Zhang, he winds up getting a home run in the sixth spot. That's why Ki Moon was able to get the win and the over in this one. The Kia Tigers have a new leadoff hitter, and he has a leadoff home run now in two of his three games with the team so far this year. That'd be Hun Rung Kim as the Kia Tigers are able to get a 7-3 win over the Lotte Giants on ESPN. For the Giants, they just wound up getting schlacked in this one early as Kun E. No. He said no to being able to get a win in this one. Five innings pitch. He gives up six runs, all of which were earned, including not one, not two, but three home runs. As Preston Tucker, he was able to extend his KBO lead with regards to RBI. He now has 29 on the campaign. He went deep. His eighth dinger of the campaign. He's hitting a 336. And then you all said Hong Woo Shaw. He wound up being able to join in the act as well. He goes yard. He is finding the fountain of youth, by the way, at age 36. His fifth home run of the campaign. He's hitting a 286, so he certainly has been a stalwart for the team. And Aaron Brooks, no, not the former quarterback. No, not the former Oregon Ducks basketball player, but rather the gentleman that was with the Baltimore Orioles and the Oakland A's last season. He wound up being able to give the team a pretty solid performance. He went in this one six and two-thirds innings. He gave up two runs, both of which were earned bullpen from there. It's been actually one of the better ones in the KBO for Kia. They give up one run over the course of two and a third innings, and you got to give Lotte a little bit of credit as well. They wind up getting three innings out of the bullpen. They give up just one run as well, but the damage had been done. And speaking of damage, there has been a lot of damage done so far this offseason with the MLB not being able to come to an agreement so far. So we are going to be talking to our good buddy with MLB.com along with MLB Pipeline, William Bohr, about where things stand with regards to us perhaps getting a baseball season out here in the States and in Canada. Just what is going on with regards to these negotiations and just the effect that this is going to have on minor leaguers in general, as this might have a very long-term effect on the game. And that is coming up on the other side, right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. With myself, Craig Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. We are back here in Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Craig Peterson. 
Please be joined by our next guest. He does a great job of keeping up with a little bit of everything for both MLB.com and also MLB Pipeline. As we know with MLB Pipeline, they do a great job of keeping up with all things minor league baseball. And that certainly is of prime importance when it comes to everything that's going on with the MLB, as there's probably going to be some long-term effects of what is all going on right now with regards to these negotiations and with William Bohr, the man is joining me right now, who you can follow on Twitter at WBohr, and that last name is spelled B-O-O-R. He is based out there in the city of Phoenix, Arizona. So much has been centered around that with regards to the one-bubble system at the beginning of the year to things trying to be able to return right now. William, it is great to have you aboard, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It is great to have you on. And what is not great right now is what we've all been hearing from the MLB. It looked like things were getting a little bit closer when the players threw out there their proposal of 114 games. The MLB has come back with a counter of 50 games, and the MLB just downright rejected the 114-game proposal. At this point, where do you think things sit? Do you think that if we do wind up getting a season, the owners are just pretty much going to force a 50-game season down the throats of the players like we have been hearing from a couple of reporters? Or do you think that there's going to be a attempt at, comp- at a compromise with perhaps getting like an 82-game season, which would be right in the middle of 114 and 50? Yeah, like you said, the 82 is right in the middle. So I think that's encouraging whether it gets to 82 or whether it gets to, I don't know, 70 or 90 or something more than 50, probably something less than 114. I think at this point, it's tough because they seem to be so far apart on some major issues. I think a lot of people are just trying to be optimistic and just hoping that at some point, whatever the deal ends up looking like, we get some sort of baseball season. Um, is 50 ideal? Obviously not. But if that's what it takes to get them on the field, then I think at some point people are going to say, hey, you know what, let's get on the field. And the other thing is just the owners don't want to play into November. The players have said we're okay playing into November. But either way, you've got to get going. If you're going to have October 31st be the final date possible where you don't want to get in November, then time's ticking fast. And even if you're willing to play in November, you don't want to play too long in November because then you're taking away from your off time before the 2021 season starts and spring training gets ready for that. So at some point, regardless of what this proposal looks like, however many games you decide to play, they need to get something done either by the end of this week. Obviously, that's tough. We're already late in the week or you'd think maybe early next week, but they don't have a ton of time to iron out all these details. I agree with you. As we do have William Borger and me on the podcast, I was just going to ask when we think the deadline is. I personally have had the date of June 8th in mind, and it sounds like you're in relative agreement with me. And I think the big date that we need to keep in mind with with regards to being able to get the baseball season started is the 4th of July, because let's face it, what's more American than the baseball season after this pandemic? Everything that we're going through as a country when it comes to the riots, the protests, and everything like that. Everyone to come together, watch some baseball on 4th of July. I think that everyone would be very encouraged by that. And I do think that that is a key date for the MLB. They should be pushing their chips in the middle, even if they could start a day or two earlier. Just have it on the 4th of July, not a day sooner, not a day later, just because of the sentimental value in general. I think that'd be great if they could do it. The other thing is the 4th of July this year, as I look at a calendar, is a Saturday, which helps. That's nice. 4th of July is still 4th of July regardless, but, you know, it's a little different if it's on a Wednesday. So the fact that it's a Saturday this year is nice. If they could make 4th of July opening day, yeah, like you said, Baseball America, put some hot dogs on the grill, it'd be great. I think that's going to be tough to do if they don't 
get a deal done really quick, even if it lingers later into next week, we might end up pushing, you know, July 10th or something like that for opening day. And then we'll, I guess, be watching Spring Training 2.0 or whatever that looks like on 4th of July instead. 4th of July would be really great. The longer this negotiation goes, I don't know how realistic it is because once they sign a deal, they've got to get everyone in town. They've said they need about three weeks to get into shape. You know, all of a sudden that starts taking up some time. 4th of July is a month from now. So three weeks to, you know, get in shape or whatever, one week to, I guess, travel slash finish out this deal. So it's still feasible, but it's definitely getting tight. I am right there with you. And what people are forgetting is while the money is the biggest aspect right now, and it feels like the players and the owners are at the very least getting a little bit closer because with the 50 game proposal, there would be prorated salary. So at the very least, we do have that. But there are still a whole lot of other things that need to be ironed out because we still remember a few weeks ago, all the safety protocol that was thrown out there. It was something like a 65 to 70 page document. We need a little bit more ratification when it comes to that, being able to get everything like that squared away. What is going to be happening with regards to teams trying to play in their home ballparks? Now, we have gotten some encouraging news from states out there in the West Coast that this was a little bit of a fear with when it comes to like California and everything like that. But I know that the country of Canada has a little bit of different protocol because you have a bunch of players that are going from the U.S. to Canada. As we know, in a lot of these countries, you've got a two-week quarantine period in order to get into a new country. And I do think that there's a lot of that minutia that needs to be sorted out as well. Yeah, I think there is. But from people I've talked to, that stuff will be, as far as like the health and safety, most states, if not all, have already said that pro sports can be okay, probably without fans. But I know a lot of the states, a lot of the stadiums have said they could play games there. Canada is a different animal, obviously. That's a different country. I'm not sure the latest on their opening up status or their opening up as far as sports are concerned. And I know that's something that hockey is kind of working through as well. But as far as the safety, you mentioned that 67-page document. Well, I've skimmed it. (laughs) But uh, there's a lot of stuff in there. But I think if they get past the financial stuff, I don't think that stuff is going to necessarily cause a ton of hang-up. Now, there's some quirky things in there, but I think they'll be able to negotiate their way through that and realize that, hey, this is the state of everything. This is the way we need to do things to play baseball, especially if it is only that 50-game season that's been mentioned. Then you're really only agreeing to that health and safety stuff for two months. It's obviously still not ideal. It'll be a change from you know the norm and how baseball has been played for the past however many years. But I think we're at a point where making sacrifices for two months is not the end of the world at all. I totally agree with you. Yes, we do have William Bohr of MLB.com and MLB Pipeline joining me on the podcast. And as we know, you do a great job of covering everything minor league baseball. And I have to feel like these are the guys that are affected the most because we know that the Oakland A's have an owner that's worth more than a billion dollars. He's refusing to pay his players a stipend of $400. If I read correctly, the MLB is stepping in and they're trying to help some of these guys out. Hopefully that is the case. I certainly hope that I've heard that correctly because I think that that would be very, very wrong for these guys to not be able to get 400 bucks a week to be training and essentially be the future of the MLB. But I do feel like even if we do get an MLB season, it's going to be so tough for these minor league players because we're probably going to have a little bit of a roster expansion with both an expansion of the 26 active guys along with a few more guys to the 40-man roster. I know that that's in the works. We don't have the specifics on that until we have a actual deal in place. But 
I do think that this is going to affect the sport for a very long time because you are having a lot of guys that they're going to have their growth stunted this year. And as we know, the draft that is typically 40 rounds, it's going to be five in like a week or so. Yeah, we don't have the exact numbers, but let's say the 26-man roster is 30 or 35 and you push the 40-man roster to 50. Again, I'm just making up those numbers right now. But so the top-end prospects were close to making their major league debut this year or maybe made it you know, at the end of last year, think of September call-ups, they'll probably be included in that roster expansion. Whether they get into games or not, you know, probably depends on the team and how the season's going. But at the very least, they'll be around the teammates. They can work out, take batting practice, take ground balls. They'll do things. Uh, the lower-level prospects are really where this is going to be an issue because they're not going to have games. Minor league spring training starts late, so they didn't even get a ton of reps there. Their season you know, ends in September. And if you don't play this year, that's from last September all the way till next March. It's a long time to not play baseball, especially with extended game reps. I'm sure once everything gets ironed out, teams will be able to figure out if there's ways to do workouts or, you know, like they do in other sports, some sort of off-season mini camp or, you know, something to get these guys going and give them some sort of action. Uh, there's been talks of an extended Arizona Fall League, which is normally just for higher level guys, but maybe making those rosters bigger as well so more people can get reps. But obviously, it's not going to be a full season. It's going to be different. So some of those lower level guys are definitely going to have time off. It's kind of like everyone had a major injury and just had to sit out a year. Obviously, far from ideal, but I think once they figure out what's happening with the major league season, then they can kind of work on that. But it'll probably be some sort of workout or extended version of the Arizona Fall League. And do you think that there might be a possibility that some of these guys might actually look at more of these foreign leagues? Because we know that the Japanese league is going to hopefully be starting up soon. I know that the actual MVP of the Central League out there in Japan from last year actually does the positive for COVID-19. So obviously not the most promising of news there, but we do have baseball in Taiwan. The KBO is something I've been talking about a lot on this podcast. And one of the top players in the KBO is Roberto Ramos, a guy that wound up hitting above 300 with 30 home runs for the Albuquerque Isotopes. He was just a little bit lost in the fold for the Colorado Rockies. So at the age of 25, he's went to South Korea. He's had a very good year. And I do feel like there might be a couple other guys Guys that wind up following this model. Obviously, we're not going to see like a mass exodus with like 500 guys going to Korea because let's face it, they only have two foreign-born pitchers that they're allowed and one foreign-born position players, and it's a 10-team league. But with that said, I do think that we could see a little bit more of this in future years, and this being a little bit more of a path that some guys look at as appealing. Yeah, I think especially with the shortened draft, players that don't get drafted maybe want to use the foreign leagues or independent leagues as a way to kind of boost their stock, either instead of a final year of college, or maybe they were a senior and didn't get drafted and didn't want to sign. It's definitely an option, something that could come to fruition or not. I'm not sure how many people already in affiliated ball and already in pro systems are going to leave to go overseas just because... You know, that requires getting released or getting out of your contract or stuff like that. I mean, for financial reasons, just if you know you're not going to make it, you kind of see the writing on the wall and you're stuck in double A AA or triple A and you just want to try something different. I definitely see it as an option. But like you said, I don't necessarily know if there's going to be any sort of mass exodus. One, just because it's a big adjustment. I mean, going from life in America to life in Korea, especially if America is like, you know, all you've known for the first 18, 19, 23 years of your life, however old you are when you're leaving. And then two, like you said, just 
straight up roster size. They can't take a ton of people anyway. I agree with you there. I do think we're going to see more guys that wind up taking a look at various options at the same time. Certainly not going to be hundreds and hundreds of guys that wind up going to foreign countries to try to play baseball. And one thing that I do know, William, is that you're doing a great job of covering everything that's going on with regards to the MLB, how this is affecting minor league players and so much more. So let the good people at home know where they're able to follow you on social media and just what you're working on in general. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at WBoard, W-B-O-O-R, as you said earlier. Just getting ready for the draft next week. I've had a lot of time this year, more so than most years, to kind of dig into high school and college players and watch film and talk to scouts and everything. Should be exciting. That'll be on Wednesday, June 10th and 11th. And it's just going to be exciting to have some sort of baseball normalcy and baseball activity and with everything happening this year and there not being games the draft is on mlb network and espn so that'll be kind of cool to have this event kind of be a prime time thing and expose more people to the major league draft and typically watch i agree with you we need as much normalcy as possible because let's face it over the last three months ever since the ncaa tournament got canceled we haven't had a whole lot of it it's been Certainly a strange existence for us sports fans, but I know that William, much like myself, has been doing a great job of rolling with the punches. So big thanks to William Borg of MLB.com and MLB Pipeline for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time that I give you a signing total on every game for Friday morning's KBO Betting Board as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. All right, and we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to William Bohr of MLB.com and MLB Pipeline for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a side in total on every game on today's KBO Betting Board as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRS41. And just a normal disclaimer, other than at Pinnacle, you are betting on the team and the team only when it comes to the KBO, whereas in the MLB, typically you can go pitcher dependent. This means that if you bet on the NC Dinos and the backup catcher winds up having to start for the team because there's a late scratch or something like that, well, you're stuck with the backup catcher pitching. So always want to throw that out there. And as per usual, we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. That begins with 304-601, 304-602. The Kia Tigers are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Doosan Bears. The Bears find themselves the favorite in this one. They are anywhere between minus 120 and minus 130 with the Kia Tigers. You're going to be finding them at anywhere between even and plus 110. Total on this game is anywhere between 11 and a half and 11 on the 11. This is via Circa. The over has juice of plus 102. The under is minus 122. I don't know about you, but they are feeling minus 122 over there at Circa to use the Taylor Swift line. But on the 11, the over is juice anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. That makes the under anywhere between even and minus 105. Your pitching matchup in this one going for Dusan. It is going to be Young Ha Lee. Meanwhile, Minwoo Lee is going to be going for Kia. So we've got a pair of Lees going out there. And I like the one for Kia a little bit better. 
with Minwoo Lee for Kia, he has been doing a very good job in his last three starts as he has given up a grand total of seven combined runs, but only four of them have been earned, so he's been hurt a little bit by the defense. Now walks have been an issue. He has given up two-plus walks in five out of his last six starts. That is certainly something that you do want to note, but he does a good job of being able to draw some soft contact. He has given up a career 10 home runs in the KBO in a little bit over 142 innings. 27-year-old that seems to be coming into his own. Meanwhile, with Young Ali for Dusan, he's had a little bit of a rough go of it this year after going 17-4 and last year. That 17-4 and did feel a little bit overinflated as he gave up 61 walks over the course of 163 and a third innings last season. How about 19 walks in 28 innings so far this year? That's just not going to get the job done. He has given up two plus walks in each out of his five starts so far this year. I will give him this. The last time he gave up a home run in a start was nine starts ago. So he certainly has been able to do a good job of being able to limit the hard contact. But I think that if you put men on base, your luck is going to run out, especially with the Kia Tigers having the RBI leader in the KBO and Preston Tucker. I like what he's able to bring to this team. Ho-Rung Kim has given this team a little bit of new energy as well. He's got a leadoff home run in two of the team's three games. That has led to the Kia Tigers being able to put seven plus runs up on the board in each of their last three. You can tell that he's having a nice impact on this team. And you've got a bunch of guys that are finding the fountain of youth, including Jin Wan Na. How about this guy going from a 186 batting average last year to a 337 this year? 35-year-old has four home runs this year after having just six off last year. He's already amassed more RBI this year than he did last year. Channel Park is not at the bottom of the lineup, but he's one of the best speedsters that you're going to find out there in the KBO. So the Kia Tigers certainly do have a formidable lineup. Meanwhile, with the Usain Bears, this is a team that they are giving up a whole bunch of runs. They have given up at least seven runs in each out of their last four games. And if you take a look at it, they have given up at least four runs in now six out of their last seven. So needless to say, this is a team that has given it up. Dusan has played six out of their last nine total games of the under and at home. Though, as we know, home field advantage doesn't really mean too much in the KBO as we've got games without fans. But they actually have been a little bit more of an under team at home. But they're also getting back reinforcements. Guys like JLO that have been a little bit banged up. They're back in fold. You saw Jaywon Kim go yard yesterday. Juwan Cha wound up being able to get a home run yesterday as well. Jose Miguel Fernandez has really regressed with the batting average a little bit, but his regression has led him to now hitting a 444. They are still in good hands there, but with the Doosan bullpen, we do know this as well. They've got an ERA north of 7. It's not like the Kia Tigers have been the Mona Lisa Vito of bullpen pitching, but they are in the top 3 in the KBO. With that regard, I do think that their Lee is better than Doosan's Lee. I think we're going to get quite a few runs in this game, so I'm going to be taking it over, but I do think that Kia has a little bit of better pitching, and just in general, with being able to get some reinforcements in the lineup, I do trust in them a little bit more in this spot. So we're going to be taking the over, and we're going to be taking the Kia Tigers at even money slash a plus price. We move on to game number 304-603, 304-604. The Muros are going to be playing us to the LG Twins. This one is really ballooned up. The Muros are now finding themselves as a favorite anywhere between minus 165 and minus 175. LG Twins are anywhere between plus 145 and plus 155. Your total on this game, it is anywhere between 10 and 10 and a half. On the 10 and a half, the over is just anywhere between minus 110 and even the under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the 10, the over is just a minus 105 and the under is minus 115. One day cha will be cha-cha-chawing out to the mound for the Kiwoo Miros. Meanwhile, Chungu Lim is going to be going for the LG Twins. And Mr. Lim, he has a ERA hovering right around a 4-4-3 so far this year. 2-1 record, but... 
Here's your concern with him. He has been able to do a good job of being able to get strikeouts. He's only given up one home run, but I do think that this is going to regress a little bit. If you take a look last year, over the course of 88 and two-thirds innings, he wound up giving up 10 home runs, and that was with a dead and ball end. You can tell that his results over the last three starts for this team, they've been waning a little bit after a good start to the year. He has given up at least four total runs in each out of his last three starts. In his last start, he wound up giving up four walks, and he had just two punch-outs, so... That is something that I'm certainly noting. I do feel like he is starting to fall back to earth a little bit. Meanwhile, with Mr. Cha of Ki Woom. For one, he's being backed up by a lineup that ever since he got rid of Taylor Motter, a.k.a. as one of my Twitter followers put it, they're rotten to Motter out of the fold. They have really been able to excel. And one day, Cha, he has been 1-2 so far this year with regards to the record. But what I like out of him is the fact that he's given up only six walks over the course of 27 innings, just one home run. And over his last two starts, he's given up three total runs in 12 innings. So that is certainly something that is very promising. Has not allowed a single walk in those two starts as well. So I do think that there is a very good chance that he's going to be able to come out here and he's going to have a good start with Ki Woom because they got a very good start out of Ir Jokic yesterday and they got a good start a few days ago as well. I do think that they're going to be well rested. When you take a look at LG, this is a team that they did not give up a single run yesterday. So they've got a bullpen that is going to be locked and loaded and with LG... We do know that Roberto Ramos is going to be going yard pretty soon. This is someone that has 10 home runs on the year. He hasn't gotten yard in each of the team's last five games, but you got to like the fact that Unsung Che has been able to get the job done. This is someone that's hitting a little bit over a 300. And then you've got Hunsu Kim. And what Hunsu Kim is doing is hitting a 381 for this bunch. You've got to love what he's doing. The bottom of the lineup has been able to get things going as well. Especially Kung Nan Yu. He is hitting a 267 on the year at the catcher spot. One of the better hitting catchers that you're going to find out there in the KBO. Four home runs, 18 RBIs so far this year. So I do like the way that he has been ascending in the offense. But with Ki Woom, Pyongo Park is the reigning leader with regards to home runs in the KBO. Seems like he's starting to find a little bit of something. At this time last week, he was hitting right around the Mendoza line. Still not great at 232, but he is ascending a little bit. He's got six home runs on the campaign. So that has certainly been something that is nice. Nice. Keon Chang So has been able to do a solid job as well. He had a leadoff home run yesterday. That certainly helped out this bunch. And it just feels like 1 through 9. Kiwoom is a little bit more formidable. I do think that both bullpens are going to be able to pitch better than what we've seen in the KBO for most of the year. So I'm going to be taking this total under. But I do think that the heroes have a little bit more balance when it comes to the lineup. And I do think that they're going to get a little bit of a better start out of Cha. So for that reason, we're going to be laying it here with the heroes. We move on to... 304-605, 304-606. The NWA Eagles are going to be playing those CNC Dinos. The NC Dinos are finding themselves the biggest favorite on the KBO betting board as they are going to be laying anywhere between a minus 240. And if you're getting a book with bad juice, you might find as high as minus 280. Meanwhile, with the Anwa Eagles, certainly going to be getting a big plus price here. Anywhere between plus $2 and plus $230. Your total on this game, it is anywhere between 10 and 10 and a half. On the 10, you've got overviews of minus 120, and that makes you under even. Meanwhile, with the 10 and a half, you're going to get an overjuice right around minus 105, and the under is minus 115. Ji Jong is going to be going for Anwa as their starting pitcher, and for NC, they're going to have foreign-born pitcher Mike Wright going in this one, and Mr. Mike Wright has been Mr. Wright all year long. And ironically enough, his worst start of the year came when he went up against the Anwa Eagles on ESPN about a week and a half ago. That was on May 24th. He actually had a perfect game going through five, and then he just got a little bit shelved from there. He gave up four runs over the course of six innings, but what did the NC Dinos do? They wound up just ripping the cover off the ball. And with Wright, what you do want to take a look at with him is the fact that the command has not necessarily been there. 
12 walks given up over the team's last 28 innings. And with Anwa, this is a team that, well, they haven't been necessarily doing the best job of command either. Going into the week, they had three straight games in which they issued nine-plus walks as a collective. And you got to think that the bullpen is going to be pressed into a lot of action because Shi Wan Zhang, he has just not been able to get the job done. This is someone with a 693 ERA. He also went six innings or fewer in each of the team's last 10 starts. This is someone that has actually been in the KBO ever since the year 2007. So this is certainly a veteran of the KBO. And he's a veteran of giving up walks, giving up 18 of them in 24 and two-thirds innings. And then when you take a look at the NC Dinos, they were able to get a home run off the bat of Aaron Altair. Yesterday, he has went from Aaron Alterable to Aaron Alteristic, so that has been very good for this team. NC 1-9 through nine might have the best lineup out there in the KBO. E.G. Yang, he wound up having a grand slam for this team. He and Sunbum Na have both been absolutely terrific for this team as Mr. Na, 8 home run, 22 RBI, hitting a 333 on the campaign. Minwoo Park at the top of the lineup. He's hitting a 320 for this team. He's got not necessarily a ton of pop in the bat, but he's got some very good wheels. One of the best at being able to take pitches and just be able to get on base. He Dong Kwan wound up drawing four walks for the team yesterday. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. This is an NC team that they are a bulldozer when it comes to offense. And was a team that has lost 11 straight games. Jared Hoying, their foreign-born player, he is hitting right around a 220 for this unit. And when you take a look at Anwa in general, you don't have a single guy that's hitting above a 300. I will give them this. They don't have a single guy that's really hitting below the Mendoza line of guys that have really been playing all year. So I will give them that. I do think that Anwa is able to put something like three or four runs up on the board, much like they did when they faced off against Mike Wright the last time. But I think that this is a spot in which the Dinos just wind up unloading on the and while Eagles, so for that reason, we're going to be taking the over. And we're going to be looking at the run line here with the Dinos. If you're looking at the Dinos run line, you are still going to be laying quite a bit of juice right around the minus 145 to minus 160 range, depending on where you look. But I do think that this is a spot in which the Dinos should be able to win this game handily. So taking the over and the run line here with the Dinos. 304-607-304-608. The SK Wyverns going to be playing also the Samsung Lions. The Samsung Lions are finding themselves an underdog in this one with the Lions. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 115 and plus 120. Meanwhile, with the Wyverns, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 135, and I'm seeing a minus 145 out there as well. Your total on this game, it is 10.5. With the 10.5, your over is just anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Meanwhile, the under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. For the Wyverns, Ricardo Pinto is going to be getting the start, and Daewoon Kim is going to be getting the start for the Samsung Lions. And I think that our good friend Ricardo Pinto has probably been the man that has been hurt the most by KBO fielding so far this year. We recall the second start of the year against the LG Twins. He winds up giving up 10 runs at only three of which were earned. Prior to his last start against the Anwai Eagles, he had been the victim of giving up at least one unearned run in each out of his last three starts, but I will say this as well. He has not done himself any favors with Mr. Pinto. 17 walks given up in 28 and two-thirds innings. That is what we call unacceptable. Meanwhile, Daewoo Kim, he is a 31-year-old that has been a little bit of a journeyman out there in the KBO. He's not naturally a starter. He's really been pressed into this role because Samsung has been without Ben Lively and another one of their Korean-born starters. But I will say this for Mr. Kim. He is someone that last year did a little bit of a better job of being able to control the walks, but he did give up 11 home runs 
over the course of 59 and two-thirds innings, but it does feel like he's getting a little bit more comfortable. Over his last 10 innings, he's given up five runs. He's backed up by a Samsung bullpen that actually is surprisingly good. They're number two out there in the KBL when it comes to ERA, ERA below five, which doesn't sound great, but at the same time, it certainly is better than what you're going to find out there with a lot of teams out there in the KBL, and it does seem like with Kim, he has given up the long ball a little bit less in his last 10 appearances. This is scattered between starts and relief appearances. He has given up three home runs, so he has been able to do a little bit of a better job of keeping the ball in the yard, and when it comes to SK, this is a team that they just have been a little bit woeful when it comes to the bat. I do recognize the fact that they do have six plus runs scored in five out of their last six games, but this is still a bunch that they are trying to get Jamie Romack going. He had 29 home runs last year. He has three so far this year. Jung Cha, he wound up having 29 home runs last year. He's hitting at 214 so far this year. He's been doing a little bit better when it comes to being able to get on base, but he still only has two home runs this year as well. This is a team that they wound up being able to get some power in the middle of the lineup as well. Dong Min Han, who wound up having six home runs in the team's first 17 games, he is out of the fold for them for at least another month, so that is certainly going to play into it. And with the Samsung Lions, what you got to love is the fact that Tyler Saladino has finally been able to put it together for this team. He went 0-2 for the team Thursday morning, but with that said, prior to that, he had had five straight games with at least two hits, and he had four straight games with at least two RBI. He is starting to figure it out in the KBO, now hitting a 274. That is a very good sign for this team. Hak Ju Lee has come back from injury. He's been able to play a good shortstop spot. He's only getting a buck 97 for the year, but I do think that that's going to ascend a little bit. He hit a 262 last year. This is someone that he does a solid job of being able to have some wheels out there on the base pads as well, so I do think that that is very promising. And with the Samsung Lions, they've been one of the hottest teams out there in the KBO. They are 7-3 over their last 10 games, and with the Lions, I do think that their bullpen is going to be able to hold down the fort, and we've seen it with the Wyverns as well. Their bullpen pitching has been a little bit better, but I think that the walks issue of Ricardo Pinto is going to come back to bite them along with the fact that SK just has not been able to get a lot of power this year. And that's really where Kim is vulnerable for the Lions. I think he's going to be able to keep the ball in the yard. That'll keep it a little bit lower scoring, and that'll lead the Lions to victory. So for that reason, we're going to be taking the plus price here with Samsung, and we're going to be taking this total under. And we wrap things up with game number 304609, 304-610. You've got the Lotte Giants, and they are going to be playing those to the KT Wiz, a.k. our good friends, the Smiling Blobs. And when you take a look at those smiling blobs, you're going to be getting anywhere between even money and minus 105. Meanwhile, float day, it is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. Your total on this game, it is 11.5. Over the juice, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Meanwhile, the under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Seeing 11 out there as well at Circa with the juice on over 11, it is minus 112. And the under is minus 108. When you take a look at our good friends, the smiling blobs, well, it's going to be a bullpen game for them as Min Soo Kim is going to be getting the start. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Lotte, they're sending out their 19-year-old in Jun Wo So, and this has overwritten all over it. I mean, the Lotte Giants have actually been able to do a decent job out there in the bullpen. They're in the top half of the KBO when it comes to bullpen ERA, but with Mr. So, he has been very good in the team's last two starts, giving up a combined one earned run in 12 and a third innings. Prior to that, the two starts previous... Nine innings, gave up 12 runs, all of which were earned, and he's facing a smiling blobs team that they have gotten white hot, and you gotta think that they want revenge because to begin the year on May 6th, he wound up going out there, pitched six innings against the blobs, gave up one run, but it was an unearned run, and Mel Rojas is one of the hottest players that you're gonna find out there in the KBO right now. Eight home runs over 20 RBI, 
hitting a 400 plus. This is a KT team that has been missing a couple pieces, but how about Wu Jun Sim and what he's been able to do? 295 batting average at the top of the lineup. He's got six stolen bases, one of the tops out there in the KBO. Jungnae Bay, Abey Bay, he is raising his batting average as he is hitting a 368 so far this year. He's got 15 RBI after he had a career 11 RBI coming into this year. He's really been coming of age for this team and with KT. Yeah, gotta think that they're gonna be giving up a lot of runs. This is a team that the pitching is not good to say the least. I think that so is gonna get knocked out of this game early. And you do want to know with Lote, this is a team that in their last 14 games, they have a combined three home runs. It's a good old situation of something's gotta give. Deo Lee is actually the highest paid player out there in the KBO. You can tell that the well is starting to run a little bit dry from. He has had one hit or fewer in each of the team's last six games. He has just two home runs so far this year, so that has certainly had a big effect on him. We all remember he used to be a good masher when he came to his time with Seattle Mariners. Didn't necessarily get on base a lot, but he was able to provide some home runs. Dixon Machado is a guy that's really struggling. After a hot first five games of the season, he's been hitting ever since, and in the team's like last 20 or so games, right around a 150. It just has not been good for him. I do think that this is a spot in which the smiling blobs are going to give up their runs, but I think that they're going to get to sell. I think that regret is going to set in for the young 19-year-old. Lote is then going to need to look to a bullpen that has been pretty heavily used recently, especially with Adrian Sampson not being able to give them a good start a couple days ago. And with the smiling blobs, this is one of the most explosive offenses out there in the KBO. I think that both teams put a touchdown up on the board, but I think that KT, they're going to be able to kick that field goal to be able to get the win. So we're taking the smiling blobs at even money, and we're going to be digging this total over. And now we'll wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Thursday afternoon slash Friday morning. Big thanks to our good buddy out there with MLB.com and MLB Pipeline, William Bohr, for joining me in the last segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you ever have any questions for the podcast, write it into my timeline at Jaren's 41. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you.